Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Excuse me, Jen. Jen, I did not talk about you. (laughs) She said horrible things about Jen and Vale. I feel like she's reaping. What I'm believing in, what a man sow it, that. He should also reap. She's scammed old people and people that don't have money. They can't afford, if that's the case, with no remorse. I never saw nothing good in her. Never. And I was scared of her because I knew what she was capable of. And now she's going to look Jen across from her soup and say, I didn't say anything bad about you, Jen. I, I did. Thank you, Mary. Jen, everybody was talking everybody about it. It was, was a big, it was, was big news. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a big thing about dinner. It was everybody was talking about it. <laughs> 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's excellent five-star A-plus entertainment that was The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. They had a peaceful lunch or faux lunch for dinner at the park, and it was fantastic TV. I loved every second of it. Everyone fought with everyone at that fucking lunch. It was like one person be fighting, then they'd be fighting with the next person, then they just got caught up in the whole thing. And meanwhile, Jen was the calmest one there, despite the fact that she was the one arrested by Homeland Security at the 15-minute beauty lab in Laser Parking Lot. Ah, you guys, I loved it. I loved it. And we are in the holiday season. So I want to remind you all that Everything Iconic will be on a short hiatus next week for the Christmas holiday. I'm going to be pum-pum-pumming all the live long day. That's going to be me. I'm moving. I'm in the process of moving and I'll be officially moving next week. So I will be on a quick hiatus and then I will be back in the new year because I need the ad money. I'm a poor boy too. That was, of course, the Simpson sisters singing "Little Drummer Boy" from the Nick and A- Nick and uh, Jessica ABC special. You guys had to play it. I felt like it's the holiday season. What are we uh, in the holiday season for if we can't play a little prump a pum pum here on the podcast, ladies? Am I right? Anyway, we got to talk about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. This extra long episode gave us everything. It gave us that peaceful lunch. It gave us Meredith and her son Brooks dressed like Neo and Trinity from the Matrix, and uh, it gave us Elisa and Jen sit down with some fried chicken skin. We'll get to that when we get to that. Anyway, we open this week with Meredith and Brooks. And every time I say Meredith Brooks, of course, I'm thinking of I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother. The song by a woman named Meredith Brooks. Uh, how can you not think of that every time we say Meredith and Brooks? Anyway, they were setting up for a girl's night, a gal's night. And Brooks was wearing these sunglasses. They look like, I don't know, were they tiny sunglasses? All I could think of was The Matrix. And I know there's going to be a new Matrix coming to theaters and, and HBO Max soon. And that's all I could think of was Neo and Trinity. Because remember, a few weeks back when we were at that batshit Italian dinner making thing that Mary threw, remember I said Meredith looked like Trinity from The Matrix. And now I'm looking at Brooks with the tiny glasses and he's talking about his new designer blazer. Which, can we talk about that for 45 minutes? That designer blazer, you guys. Let's sit and sit tight, little bear, because we got to talk about that new blazer he's designing. Now, he put... It's basically a blazer. I'm not sure how we're going to fill 45 minutes talking about it, but it's basically a blazer, and then he put what he said is the classic side tape across it. He said that... Let me repeat that. He said uh, it's a blazer with his classic side tape across it. Now, we've discussed the Brooks Marks fashions. Of course, I wore a Gucci shirt that everyone thought was Brooks Marks, so obviously he's doing something right. But... Uh, the blazer, honestly, I kind of liked it. I thought it was chic. And I just dragged Shannon Bedore over on Orange County for wearing that star blazer throughout the episode last week. So maybe Shannon Storms needs to get uh, one of the Brooks Marks blazers with the classic side tape across it because at least it's more fashionable than the star ones. We got to give him that. But I just love that now uh, that's his trademark. That's his signature is the classic side tape across the blazer. And meanwhile, he was wearing some cow pants or something. I I couldn't even tell. You know, my internet connection, sometimes I'm watching. I was watching on my laptop. And the internet connection gets a little blurry. And I'm like, am I seeing cow pants? Like, what is happening here? What's the design on the pants? Again, I'm no fashionista, so I have no room to judge. But I'm going to do it anyway here on the podcast. And it looked like they were cow pants. I mean, it looked like the, I don't know. I don't know anything about designers. You, know, you all yelled at me last week because I was talking about Mary's carabiner skirt and you guys said it's some fancy designer. I don't know. I'm just here looking at what I see in front of me. 
Meanwhile, uh, for Gals Night, Jenny shows up in lime green. And Meredith, we got to talk about Meredith's drinks she made for this Gals Night. She made a cucumber-infused vodka. But it did look like my high-C ecto-cooler, did it not? I mean, it was green. It was fully green. It wasn't just a little cucumber-infused. That was infused with some green dye or something, wasn't it? Was this St. Patrick's Day or something? You know, when I lived in Chicago, they used to dye the river green, which seems like, I don't know why we're doing that still. It's an odd tradition. You know, I don't think we need to dye water for the for the holiday. At a certain point, we should just leave the water as it is. It's not like it's that clean, is it? The Chicago, uh, I mean, maybe we don't need a dye like Michigan, a different color. It's already enough green as it is. Meanwhile, they're just throwing dye in there for the holiday. It seems mis- a use of funds and and resources and everything, but I'm not here to judge that. But what I am here to judge is Meredith's cucumber-infused vodka, because it was totally green. I mean, that was the color of ecto-cooler. And I thought maybe she served it, and I thought, I have a high-C ecto-cooler in my fridge. Maybe I need to infuse it with uh, with some vodka. It tastes good. Speaking of the high-C ecto-cooler, you know, last time I drank it on the show, I was all wired. And today I'm wired because I ate, uh, right before we got on here, something called puppy chow. Now, it's not actually for dogs. It is a Chex Mix mix. I don't know. I think they call it other things in different places. But where I'm from in Ohio, we used to call it puppy chow. And it's like Chex Mix with chocolate and peanut butter covered in powdered sugar. It's pure sugar, really. And I had a bowl of it as if it was cereal. And I suppose it is sort of cereal, Chex Mix. Is that cereal or is it a cracker? Unclear. Anyway, I just had a bowl of it like I was eating my morning cereal. And so I am wired till the cows come home. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a gay old time. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy motherfucking holidays. Merry Christmas, all the things. Uh, okay, so then Meredith has all the gals over. And by all the gals, I mean just Jenny and Lisa. And I do believe that they filmed this earlier in the season because they did not once talk about Jen Shaw. So I think this was one of those out-of-order things. I caught it. I'm, not, I'm no dummy here. This is not my first rodeo when it comes to reality television. Uh, I know when they're trying to bamboozle us, and they were definitely trying to bamboozle us. I don't know that for a fact, but I do believe it to be true. Uh, they do discuss Jenny's sister-wife thing. Now, on any other franchise, the sister-wife situation would have just totally overtook the whole season, and that's what it all would have been about. But here on The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, we got one woman getting arrested by Homeland Security at the 15-minute Botox uh, Beauty Lab and Laser parking lot, and then the other one is uh, running a cult, allegedly, church situation, and uh, asking members to donate $300,000 for the church services or something. And so it's like the sister-wife thing is not even a blip on our radar. It's like, oh, we don't have time for that sister-wife situation. We got to talk about all these other things. Uh, and Lisa shows up to the party. And she's, Are you ready to party? You know, Lisa's ready to party. And I'm, I'm into it. But there, nothing really happens in this scene other than they do make Jenny wear a blonde wig. And they were having a real good time with that. They dressed her up. And uh, they, I'm happy they had a good old girls' night. Happy they did. Then we get to two days later, allegedly, and Jen is driving on the phone, and she's talking to Heather, and she's saying she's mad at Lisa, because Lisa finally decides she wants to meet up with Jen. But other than, before that, she was ignoring Jen's text and didn't want to talk to her and was distancing herself from Jen. So uh, Jen says, 
Her and Lisa used to talk 3.2 hours a day before her arrest, and now Lisa won't talk to her because Lisa saw the news. She's not interested in being friends with Jen Shaw. And she, it's really fun to watch Lisa try to ride that line of like, she doesn't know what to do. Because I do believe Lisa's so prepared as a housewife. I think she's studied this show. I think she's watched all the other franchises. I believe she's even popped up in the background of Beverly Hills before. And, you know, she's popped up on a couple Bravo shows. People have found it, you know, the Bravo sleuths have found all these little appearances from Lisa Barlow. So I think she knows what's going on. And she's prepared to do all the housewifery that she needs to do. But she was not prepared for another cast member to get arrested by Homeland Security. And so it's really fun because this is the first time that Lisa's been caught off guard. And I love watching it. I love watching it. Also, Jen's confessional, she's got a new one with a lot of rouge on. Wasn't it? It was a lot of rouge or so. I mean, it looked like an, a lot of makeup on her. And I, I liked it. Oh, also, there was a time, just while we're saying nice things about Jen Shaw, there was a, a time later on. Uh, I think it was the Ramadan scene where Jen's hair looked so cute. It was like kind of, um, it was like a curly look. I don't know. It was a different kind of look for her hair. And I just thought it was really cute. And so I wanted to compliment her before I drag her for getting arrested by Homeland Security at the Beauty Lab and Laser Parking Lot. Uh, anyway, then we cut to Lisa and Jen's sit down. And Lisa's like, hey, Jen Shaw. And Lisa's not sure how to play this. She doesn't know. She says to Jen, she's like, I mean, it's just like you're innocent. They have to prove. So I'm looking at it like you're innocent until they prove. That's me, just so you know. That was a direct quote. Actually, it was more like, you know, she's talking in circles. She's trying to say, you're innocent to her friend Jen, who she no longer wants to be friends with. But she's also thinking in her head, if Jen is innocent, then I'm going to look like an asshole on TV. Do you see what I'm saying? So she's just talking in a bunch of circles. It's just like you're innocent. They have to prove. So I'm I'm looking at it like innocent until they prove. That's, that's just me, you know. And, you know, she's not even finishing a thought or a sentence. Do you guys hear that banging? Oh, this fucking construction is driving me nuts. I'm sorry. I don't, maybe the microphone's not even picking it up, but I hear it here. This is the last week of banging because I'm moving out of this hellhole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the last time. I'm recording this on a weekend, too. They never stopped that fucking construction. I could record this at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they'd still be doing construction above me. Uh, anyway. Uh, then Lisa says she took time out from Jen's friendship to find out... Uh, the whole situation, she said she needed time to figure it all out. And she said that makes her not a fake. It makes her a real friend, which is a lie. <laughs> I don't believe that, but I like it. But Lisa says her feelings are hurt, hurt from that photo shoot scene they filmed right before Jen's arrest. But she's lying because, you know, nothing really happened. They left that scene on good terms. There was like maybe a little, Jen was like maybe a little bit, whatever. But Lisa's trying to use that. And uh, I, I appreciate that. And Lisa did try to cry. She uh, trying to cry a lot, and they're doing the face that says they're crying, but there's no tears. You know, it's the crocodile tears, and I love when a housewife does that. And it never happens in real life. When is the last time any of us in real life have seen a friend, sat with them at lunch or something, and they make the cry face, but not a tear comes out? That doesn't happen. Your friends, when you're with them, even if you're having an argument, no one does the fake cry. But on Housewives, it's like they're trying to win their fucking Oscar, and they try to squeak out a tear, and it never happens. It's like Lisa's tried every episode now. Now she's trying to fake cry in front of those crispy chicken skins. Anyway, uh, Jen says that Heather reached out right away when she needed her help, and Lisa did not. Then Jen actually does start to crying. Uh, she does start to cry, and Lisa's like, I hate seeing you cry. 
And, um, oh no, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I read that wrong. Actually, Jen was not crying. Uh, she did later on cry, but initially when Lisa said, I hate seeing you cry, Jen was not actually crying. So I just want to get that clear. She did get the tear out after Lisa said that, but before Lisa said that, she was not crying. Yet Lisa still did say, I hate seeing you cry. So I just want to make that distinction because I think it's important that the tear did eventually get out, but not when they actually said they were essentially gaslight. I hate to use the word gaslighting. I feel like it's just one of those words now that everybody overuses, but I, I will say they were trying to gaslight us into thinking that Jen was crying. And then she ultimately did, uh, but she didn't at first. Then we have a scene with Heather and her brother. You know, a sibling situation here uh, just makes me think of these siblings. Uh, they talk about Mormonism, and it's a serious conversation, so I should not laugh. But the brother said uh, he looked stuff, stuff up about the Mormon religion. And apparently they teach you not to look up stuff because it's crazy, and they don't want you to learn about it. And that seems uh, like something everybody should start looking up. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're in that religion, God bless, but also maybe look up things. It's important to read. The more you know, NBC. Remember the star? I'll never forget that. The star went across the screen and it said, the more you know. So we all need to know more is the moral of that story. And if there's anything I learned from Mr. LeVar Burton, it's uh, to read. The Reading Rainbow. What was that song? <laughs> I loved the fucking Reading Rainbow. Ah, oh, you guys, I lived. In, in school, remember in grade school when you'd have a day where the teacher would wheel in the fucking TV on that big ass, that shelf on a wheels what was that? What was that shelf on wheels? They would just wheel it in and be like, it's reading Rainbow Day. I fucking lost it. I would get so excited, clap my hands like a, a circus clown or something, and I was just having the gay old time when it was reading Rainbow Hour in school. I never wanted it to end. I loved reading Rainbow Time. And we either had that or it was like Magic School Bus. That was the best times. Ah, the best of times. Take me back. Just want a day where somebody wheels in a machine that says, uh, and then tells us we're watching Reading Rainbow. I mean, that's what I want in life. Uh, anyway, read about your religion. That's the lesson here. Really, that's the lesson here. Uh, they do cry, and he's worried because he says he feels like he raised his kids in a cult. And so my heart goes out to that man and the family. I hope the whole gay family uh, goes forth and be bees gay, is gay, bees gay, is gay. <laughs> I can't speak. You know, somebody messaged me today and was like, you said button on the podcast last week. And you know, I always misspeak. It is what it is. I'm not, I'm not an expert here. I'm going to say words. And again, I don't script all this. So there's going to be words that come out wrong. It is what it is. Get on the train or get off, as I always say. Okay, so then uh, they cried. I cried too. I did cry here. I was in a fetal position crying, but that might have been the holidays. Who knows? Unclear whether I was crying about not seeing my family for the holiday or if it was because of this scene from The Real Houses of Salt Lake City or maybe a mix of both. Maybe a mix of both, little girls. Little girl. Okay, then we cut to Jen and Sharif and their family celebrating Ramadan. And Jen says, it humbles your soul and makes you think and appreciate what you take for granted, she says in regards to the holiday. Then uh, Jen and Sharif go in the basement, and they say they want to get a smaller house because they got to fight for freedom against the government. And I wasn't very focused on what they were saying because I was focused on her wavy hair that I enjoyed. Oh, and I did hear, I did catch this part. She says she employs her family and spends about 50K a month. 
50K a month employing the family. Now, what's going to happen to all these family members that she's given all the money to? And also, what are they employed for? It's like for the assistant work? Is that what she's employing them with? What are their pay stubs look like? I don't understand this. 50K a month goes to just family that she's employing, but also her place of business isn't really a business. It's just bamboozling the elderly and the confused. I'm not sure. I guess we're going to have to find out more and wait for the courts to give us answers. Sharif's energy, though, something about it wasn't sitting right with me. And I'll, I'll, I know we're all focused on the Jen Shah at all, but something about Sharif's energy was just, it was almost too calm. And I mean, good for him that he was remaining calm, despite the fact that his wife was getting arrested by Homeland Security near a 15-minute Botox parking at the Beauty Lab and Laser parking lot. Uh, but he's just remaining so chill about it all. And he's got to go against the federal government. And it also makes me a little uneasy because Jen is so not that energy. And I'm talking even pre this season of Jen. I'm talking Jen Shah of season one, where she had that pretty hectic, chaotic energy. And Sharif's always been such a calming presence. And uh, Paula Abdul does say that opposites attract. So I do believe Paula, star of the one season wonder, Hey Paula. I do think that it's important to believe Paula and believe women, but I just, I, I, something about it, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's just me. Something about it this week, though. I'm keeping my eye on it, is what I'm saying. But he does seem like a nice, genuine, lovely man. And he does want to stick by his wife and, and fight the federal government and all that. So we're going to see what happens. Then we cut to Lisa and Whitney, uh, who are, are, possibly cave diving is that i missed what they said they were doing but they seem to be in a cave and uh in this cave of wonders they're discussing mary and whitney says she called cameron and lisa's like it's weird you know cameron's my friend and everything and the reason why lisa doesn't like that is because she can't control the narrative then if other women are calling cameron because before she knew all the information about mary and cameron and now that whitney's getting all the information she's being a pi which, speaking of PIs, we find out later on that maybe somebody else in the cast, Mary got a PI or something. There's PIs left and right getting hired in this cast. Uh, it's a good time to be in the PI business in Utah because it seems like everyone's uh, hiring PIs over in uh, Salt Lake City. Anyway, Whitney says she's not even comfortable talking about Mary and Robert being predators. Uh, but she does say it's online and she does sort of drop that bomb and then says, I'm not comfortable talking about it when it was in the confessional. And then she says, the rumors about her being a cult leader are true. I don't know, you guys, this is confusing to me, but it was also ominous and it was in a cave. And I was like, this, they're giving us drama here. I mean, no other franchise is sitting in a cave talking about, uh, uh, cult leaders. I mean, what is happening here? This is some cinematic shit. I'm going to believe my eyes and ears it was like, the cult leader stuff, and then, and yeah, I didn't understand the Mary and Robert being predator stuff, but apparently it's online. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel bad for, uh, I feel bad for this Cameron who was being boozled out of $300,000. Now he's, uh, must be a poor boy too. I am a poor boy too, but I'm a bumper. <laughs> if you give your church leader 300K, you're bound to be a poor boy too. Anyway, then we cut to Mary in her closet with Robert on speaker, and those two hate each other. She's living in chaos, and they hate each other. And I don't know, maybe she needs to get away from this Robert fella, because she doesn't seem to care for him, not one ounce, not one little bit. That speakerphone conversation they had, you guys, it was chilling, chilling. I mean, it was like they just cannot bear to even speak to each other for a moment, not a moment. 
Uh, you guys, we got to take a quick break here. Before we do, I want to say, uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I want to thank ACAST. Go to ACAST.com slash Everything Iconic for all episodes of Everything Iconic. EverythingIconic.store. We have merch and we will be right back. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. 
And pum 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 pum, we're back. Speaking of holiday season two, I do want to remind everyone I got a holiday movie podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. We have a gale time over there. So listen, especially I know a lot of you might be alone for the holiday season and I want to send my heart to you all. I'm sure everyone's looking for things to binge and watch and listen to. Uh, so I also do want to recommend another podcast called Business Wars and I'm a guest on episode six of it, but it's super fascinating. They did a series on the Christmas movie wars like Lifetime and Hallmark. And so uh, I listened to the first five. I didn't listen to my episode, but the first five I thought were so fascinating and, and well done. So uh, this isn't an ad or anything. I just want to recommend it. Although there was one episode where they do talk extensively about Melissa Joan Fart. I mean, Melissa Joan Hart. And those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, you know, she's my arch nemesis. And uh, so I just want to give that trigger warning. <laughs> A lot of you also have asked online why Melissa Joan Fart is my arch nemesis. And she knows what she did. She knows what she did. Uh, also, it's just a joke I took too far. Anyway, moving on to the real houses of Salt Lake City, we then cut to the International Peace Gardens, and all the women are gathering for this full lunch, and we see, oh, we also got to talk about this, Whitney and Jen made up. So there was a scene that they they only showed us in flashback form. So Jen and Whitney, they talked at the beauty lab, and Whitney says she felt bad, and she said she is now going to be there for Jen, because she says Jen needs grace. We all need grace in our times of need. And I actually thought this was a nice thing of Whitney, because, you know, even if you bamboozled people out of lots of money uh, via the internet and your friends do chains, you may need some grace. And so I'm I'm glad. I don't know. I don't know if I'm really glad about it, because, you know, if all these things are true, Maybe you don't need so much grace. But who am I to say? Who am I to say? I guess you could say Whitney's giving some grace under fire. <laughs> I wish I had that but up joke or, or sound effect on my board. I took it off. So you're just going to have to let that joke uh, land with the chill in the air like it just did. Anyway, um, we do then at the gardens see all the gals arriving and Mare is there and she sees Jen Shaw coming up, walking up. And she says, didn't we have this conversation to not invite me if you're inviting her? And they showed us this clip of Meredith saying this upwards of eight times. And I just have to say to the Bravo editors, we saw it enough. I just have to say this because every time they cut to commercial, they would show this clip. And the episode was such a phenomenal, amazing five-star episode. But I do think that they showed us that quick little clip of wit- of Meredith saying, I told you not to invite me if you invited her. And it's like, we don't need to see it a hundred times. It's just like, don't even show it to it. They showed it too much. I'm not sure what was going on in the editing bay. It was like, they just kept showing that one fucking sentence of her saying that so many times. And I do like that the women bamboozled Meredith. The producers, whoever invited Meredith, they bamboozled her. They knew that Jen Shaw was coming. But I also think Meredith should have known. How did they hide it exactly? Wouldn't they have seen it on the call sheet? Anyway, then um, Jenny says she's doing a peace guard and she doesn't want any drama. Which anytime a housewife says that, you guys, I get the chills. I have the no. chills. No. I get so excited when somebody says, I want to have an event with no drama. Because then, guess what? We know the drama's coming. We know it's right around the corner. And it certainly was, you guys. It certainly was. And then Meredith says to her, so you invited the one person who always starts drama, she said to Jenny. And then, <laughs> then oh, Meredith in her confessional, she says, I'm just going to sit through the lunch and dot, 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 not engage 
you guys, she, it was so awkward because she didn't want to use her tagline. You know, everyone after season one kept saying Meredith's talking about engaging, disengaging, not engaging. And I think Meredith is smart enough to know, like, I can't overuse that catchphrase. Even though it became her catchphrase about engaging, she knows that she can't keep saying it. But in that moment in her confessional, she couldn't think of anything else to say. So she said, I'm just going to sit through lunch and dot, 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 not engage. But she didn't want to say the word engage, but she ended up having to because she couldn't think of another word. And I love it. I love it. So then all the gals get there and sit down. Meredith and Jennifer do kiss. They kiss hello. They say, hi, Jen, and they kiss, whatever. Um, then uh, they're all at this table outside. Uh, there's these bridges into the garden. It's all very cute. It looks like very sweet and nice, and I wanted to have a little tea party there. It looked like so much fun. And I wish I was invited to this, because this was a whole big clusterfuck. This whole thing it was like such a cluster. Uh, Jenny, though, she put everyone's name tags at the table, and she made Jenny and Heather sit next to each other, despite the fact that Heather did storm out and fly commercial after their fight with, uh, after her fight with Mary last week or the week before. And Jenny just says, you're sitting where you're going to sit. And right then and there, Jenny earned her snowflake from me. I thought, you go, Jenny. I'm really happy about that. Uh, there are these drinks that are served with chilies as a garnish. And then Mary is the only one who's actually not there, and she shows up late. And we see her, the uh, the people film her walking over that bridge. And she says, if she says to herself, you know, Mary's always talking to herself. She has the best time with herself. She said, if you're having something in the park, don't request formal wear because she's pissed. She's wearing heels and she's got to walk over a fucking bridge. And I understood Mary in that moment. You know, that's another reason why I need to know my plans of where we're going. Where's the dinner? Where's the lunch? Because I need to know the exact details of location so I know what I'm wearing properly. That's also why I don't like surprises. Don't, I don't want to surprise anything for a birthday. Don't bring me to a surprise place because I'm not going to know what to wear. So anyway, Mary's walking over that bridge. Uh, then uh, they all obviously hate Mary and they have to, they sit down and they start talking about Jenny in a wig and they had to explain like why Jenny was wearing a wig. And there's this really awkward moment. And again, I only say they hate Mary because they all very clearly do. It's so incredibly obvious that none of these women would talk to or hang out with this woman because Meredith is the only one who seemingly has a good relationship with Mary. Like, I'm talking like an unbreakable bond with Mary. Because Jenny and Mary, they've had their fight. Whitney and Mary, Heather and Mary, they've had these big fights. Lisa and Mary, they're at each other's necks all the time. I mean, I feel like every second they're fighting. And then, of course, we saw Mary say all those awful things. I played the clip about Jen. So the only one that Mary actually has like sort of a relationship with is Meredith. But Mary dropped Meredith at the drop of a hat or later in the episode when she stormed off the table. And then Meredith went after her. And then instead, Mary decided to start walking with Jen Shaw, Meredith's arch nemesis. So no one there really likes Mary. You know, there's no way. I don't believe for a second that Meredith likes Mary. She kind of pretends. And, you know, she, I, I, that, she definitely pretends. She definitely, she'll definitely say that. And I believe in interviews and at the reunion stuff, so she'll say, Mary and I are friends. But I 100% believe that that's a total lie. And I, again, I don't think Mary likes any of these women either. So it goes both ways. Uh, it goes both ways. Oh, but Mary also said this thing. I, she said uh, something about Jenny's eyes and it was just like Mary says Mary says a lot of unpredictable shit but a lot of it too is just really cringe and appropriate oh and did you guys see last week or a week before Mary had said some inappropriate things on the show and then she released this apology uh, 
image on Instagram. And it was like, you know how people, celebrities, they release an apology via the Notes app. So they'll type an apology in the Notes app on their phone, and then they'll post a screenshot of it on Instagram. Tons of celebrities have done that. Tale as old as time. Well, Mary decided to take it a step further, and she got some graphic clip art or something and made like this apology on her Instagram about what she said on the show a couple weeks ago. And it's the most insane apology thing I've ever seen anyone ever post. It is truly unhinged. It looks like an invitation or a live, laugh, love poster you'd see at Home Goods, And it's crazy. Crazy. And I'm, I'm looking at it, and it's like weird clip art from 2003. Looks like Clippy helped her make it. You remember Clippy? <laughs> remember Clippy, the clip art, uh, um, that paper clip guy, you know, the guide when you would open up Word back in 2003 and that little paper clip would come on screen. I mean, it looks like he helped her make it. It was like, what's Clippy doing making uh, Mary's apology letter for Instagram? I mean, and also Mary's rich. Why is she making an apology like that? Couldn't she have had her publicist make something a little bit more? I don't know. Or maybe she did hire someone to make it. Maybe she hired like an, in, an invitation person and then instead of invites was like, hey, can you draft up an apology on this? I'm not sure what happened there, but it's the most insane apology. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Mary's Instagram and look at it because it's unhinged. And she's probably going to have to do another one. Maybe that's why she got, she just got like some nice font cards made and some nice graphics so she could just plug in her new apologies each week for all the crazy things she says. Maybe that's what happened here unclear. Anyway, Heather and Mary then make up, and everyone's listening. And Mary says, I like you. I like Heather. And she said that with a smile, but she also very clearly doesn't. And Lisa's like, everybody's friends. The Peace Garden worked. Lisa shouldn't have said that because we knew everything was going to go to hell right after that. Right after that. And Whitney says everyone's faking it. She's like, you're all fucking faking it. And she was right. And then Mary's like, are you sure we're all doing that? Or is that you? Because Mary hates uh, Whitney. Uh, And then I also wrote my notes. Mary also hates Jenny. I know we keep talking about that. I just had to say it because it was in my notes. Then Jenna says, um, oh, Jen talks about her arrest. And she says she never went to jail. She said she's completely oblivious to why all this happened. She says she's 110% innocent. And I just have to remind everyone that there's no such thing as 110%. It goes to 100%. And I hate when people say, I'm 110% sure of something or whatever, because it does not exist. Uh, so Mary says, though, when she says she's innocent, Mary's like, so you have no clue what's going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I loved it when she said that. So you have just no clue what's going on? And then they all start to blame each other about who got what info about Jen's arrest from whom. It was just crazy. And they're arguing about who talked about Jen. Mary says, I did not talk about Jen. And then they show that footage of her saying all that shit about Jen. And they fight about who said the worst shit about Jen in front of her. And Jen's like, I already feel shitty enough. And Jen tried to cry, but she couldn't. And Mary in her confessional, because in real time, Mary just is like, she's on Jen's side. But then in Mary's confessional, she says, do I hope she's innocent? Yeah. Do I think she's innocent? Uh, we're talking about Homeland Security and FBI and all that. So Mary does not think that Jen Shaw's innocent, but she keeps saying she is. And just when I think like this can't get any more chaotic, Mary starts yelling at Lisa because Mary will literally fight with any person at any time. 
And Mary's like, I don't want to hear your side of the story, she says to Lisa, because Lisa's trying to get involved. And Lisa's thinking she needs screen time. I think Lisa's starting to realize, like, all these women are fighting with each other, and I'm not. And so Lisa's trying to get fights with people. And Mary calls Lisa a Tasmanian devil. And then in Mary's confessional, okay, I have to, Mary said something, and I wrote it down word for word, and we just got to discuss it. Because it made little to no sense to me, but maybe if we repeat it, it'll make sense. So Mary, as she's fighting with Lisa, we hear Mary in her confessional say, says, maybe she eats candy and maybe, and doesn't eat food and her periods are bad. What? Why did she say that? Is that, was she explaining like what was going on? I mean, I will say Lisa did seem like a Tasmanian devil. Like she seemed hopped up on caffeine or Diet Coke or something because she was just fighting with everyone. And Lisa was just talking a mile a minute. And even Meredith's like, shut the fuck up. Like they were all basically saying, shut the fuck up. Like, shut the fuck up. Like we don't want to hear it. I feel like even the camera people were like, well, Lisa, shut the fuck up. Like she just kept talking. I mean, it was like talking over everybody and nobody could hear nothing because Lisa's like, wow, you did that. And I was like, what is Lisa on right now? Um, I, I'm not saying she did, uh, too much Diet Coke before she filmed the scene, but I am implying it. It was like she was talking a mile a minute. And I would know I talk a mile a minute on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'll never get over Ashley Simpson singing about being a poor boy too. Pam 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 Little girl. <laughs> Wait, let me try to remix little girl and little drummer by. Hold on. Little girl. <laughs> little girl and a little poor boy too. We got the whole whole gang in that song. Anyway, you guys, I'm sorry. I had to do that. I know what I'm thinking remixing music for you guys it's the holiday season it's the holiday season that fucking song won't get out of my head either i told you on the last episode that song i don't even know what it is but it's tickery talk and dickery doc keeps playing in my head i don't even think those are the lyrics uh which let's just take a moment to talk about christmas music i do have to say that these radio stations and i listen to a lot i love me some karen sharp uh, who does love songs on the coast. You know, I listen to her quite a bit. And uh, she's no Delilah. You know, I'm from Ohio, and they don't have Delilah out here, although I do listen to Delilah's podcast. Uh, those of you in the Midwest and East Coast, you guys know Delilah. Love songs. Um, love someone tonight. That used to be Delilah's. <laughs> that used to be Delilah's tagline. Delilah plays adult contemporary music, though. And during the holidays, she plays holiday music. Anyway, Delilah and Karen Sharp, they're two peas in a pod. And I, I'm not saying they're the same person, but I've never seen them in the same room at the same time. However, I have to talk about the Christmas music that they play on these stations because I'm often hearing that song about wanting a hippopotamus for Christmas. And that fucking song is the worst goddamn song I've ever heard in my fucking life. Excuse my language. But it was like, why are we playing that song? And I love a nostalgic Christmas song. I'm happy to hear something from the 50s, the 60s. And I love a kitschy holiday song. I'll listen to the Alvin and the Chipmunks song. You guys know Miss Piggy Santa Baby is one of my faves of all time. So I'm not above a kitschy song. I love when uh, Rosie O'Donnell sang with Angelica Pickles on the Rosie O'Donnell holiday album. I'm not above that. But what I am above is that fucking hippopotamus song. It's not even in key. It's not in a single key. I'm not sure what key they recorded that in. But that little kid, and I don't want to hear any little kid sing. 
I'd rather hear the fucking chipmunks sing than a little kid. I hate it when an artist puts their kid on the album. I'm not interested in hearing your three-year-old kid sing. I bought the album for Carrie Underwood, not for your little boy. Okay, I don't need to hear the little boy sing and Little Drummer Boy. I just need to hear the singer sing. And this Hippopotamus for Christmas song, we got like some little assholes singing it. And they play it all the fucking live long day around the holidays. And not a single person likes that song. Nobody. And it's not in tune. And I also have to point out that I like songs that aren't in tune. But that one... (laughs) But the Hippopotamus song is a step too far for me. And I don't understand why any radio station would ever play that song. And radio programmers out there, you gotta let me know, like, why are we doing it? Why? Nobody likes it. No one. I know a lot of people during the holiday season don't even like to listen to Christmas music. I'm not one of those people. But that song in particular is horrendous, and it's aggressive to the ears. And every radio program out there, you need to take it off the playlist, okay? Take it off the holiday playlist, because nobody likes it. Nobody. Nobody. And if you're out there and you're saying to the radio or your headphones as you're listening to this podcast, you're saying, I love that song, well then, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast, because that song is shit, I'm sorry to get worked up over it, but I'm pissed. I just heard it a couple of times a day the other day. It was like I got in the car once, and I heard it, and I turned the channel, and then I got back in the car, and I heard it again. And I'm like, nobody wants a hippopotamus for Christmas or to hear this fucking song. I hate it. Okay? And again, if you're a recording star, stop putting your kids on the album. Okay? Carrie Underwood, if you're listening, I'm talking to you. I don't want to hear your kid. I'm sorry. God bless that you have a nice young kid or a nice young boy or whoever. But take them off the holiday album. Kelly Clarkson didn't put out two holiday albums with her kids on it. Luckily, she didn't put the kids on it. That's why it's a hit. That's why Kelly Clarkson's holiday songs are selling. And that's why yours aren't, Carrie Underwood. I'm sorry to have to say it, but somebody had to. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Okay, what are we even talking about here? I just went on that tangent. I'm sorry. About the hippopotamus. Why did the kid even want a hippopotamus for Christmas? Unclear. Uh, okay, so then um, Meredith, they're all talking about this Jen Shaw situation. Elisa says, you're all fucking fake. And Meredith says, don't, I'm not fake. You know, and then they're fighting. Jenny yells at Mary and said that Mary said Jen was guilty. There's just so many layers. Jenny I, I told Mary at one point to get up and go away. She said, there's the gate. And then Mary gets up to go and Meredith goes, chases after her. And I don't really understand why Meredith is so backing Mary, but there's obviously something to the story. There's obviously something more that we're going to find out later on down the road. But Mary does say she wanted to backhand Jenny. She said that I wanted to backhand Jenny, which I thought was a step too far. You know, I just thought, I'm all for watching these shows. And I understand people have fraught relationships and they fight. But when one of the gals is saying, I want to backhand the other gal, I'm just saying maybe it's a step too far. Then uh, Mary says, just don't you dare call me a liar as she's walking away. And Lisa then, meanwhile, at the table, as they're all arguing, Lisa says she still has PTSD from the day that of the Jen Shah arrest. And meanwhile, Jen Shah is like sitting right next to her. And Jen's like, you have PTSD? I still have PTSD from that day. And Jen's like, I fucking have PTSD from that day. I'm the one who got taken over on the highway and had to go uh, answer a bunch of questions with my assistant Stu Chains about uh, all sorts of law stuff. Anyway, a big clusterfuck is going on. This whole thing's a clusterfuck. Then Jen and Mary are walking and talking, and Mary's like, I'm always going to keep it real with you. And Mary's just lying right to her face. And meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the table, Lisa and Whitney are now fighting. 
Meredith then actually sticks up for Jen. Of all people to stick up for Jen, Meredith is like, what are you guys all being so mean to Jen for? And it's like, Jen and Meredith hate each other, and here's Meredith sticking up for her. That's why Meredith is, honestly, Meredith's an evolved woman. Like, she's, I I know we joke about on the show about her disengaging and all this stuff, but I do think that Meredith is, like, one of the most, uh, I don't know, stable, like, Meredith's clearly in therapy or has, like, a very strong sense of mental health, or, or I don't know if I'm using the words correctly, but she's very smart and intelligent, and she does do things that human behavior uh, people should do within human—I can't even make sense right now. I'm trying to get out of point. I, obviously, I need to f- figure my own shit out because I feel like I can't get out of thought. But you know what I'm trying to say? Meredith's evolved. She's an evolved woman, and I just have to say, time and time again, I'm impressed by Meredith's actions and her speech and everything, because it's like, none of the other women's on any of these shows would do this. Should I say women's? Oops. Uh, okay, so then uh, I Lisa says, I love you, Mary, but I have a problem with this. So now Lisa and Meredith are fighting. Meredith walks off. She says she's traumatized. She said, no, she said Jen traumatized her family for two years. For two years. And then Meredith says to Jenny, thank you, Jenny. This was lovely, but I told you not to do this. And so now I'm like, Meredith's kind of throwing something at Jenny. Those two didn't fight, but Lisa did scream in Meredith's face. And Lisa's on one. And Meredith's like, you're screaming in my face for a half an hour. Like, stop it. And Lisa's like, oh, so it's my fault? And it's like, Lisa, you need a chill. Lisa needs to take a chill pill. She's just too hyped on that Diet Coke or something. It was like, Lisa, what would happen there? It's like someone wound her up. You know, when you get one of those toys and you have to wind it up. I felt like somebody wound Lisa up right before they put her in front of the camera. And God bless that they did because they loved it. Loved every second of it. Uh, so then we cut to Meredith and Lisa. And Lisa convinces Meredith to stay at the Peace, whatever, Peace Gardens. And she says, I need you here to make me feel safe. You make me feel safe. So I need you here. Stay for me, please. I need you here because you make me feel safe. I need you. Stay for me, please, Lisa says. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Icons, 
I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And then everyone goes back to the table. And Lisa says, uh, sorry, we tornadoed you to Jen. And it's so like chaotic, you guys, this whole thing. I'm sorry if the recap didn't even make any sense because the whole fucking thing was chaotic. It was just like everybody fighting with everyone. And then Jen, as they're all sitting down, Jen promises on her kids and her husband that she's innocent. And Heather says, you have people in your corner. She says to Jen, you have so many people in your corner. And then Mary responds with, well, I wouldn't say that. She says, <laughs> Mary says, I wouldn't say that. Because Mary's realizing that Jen Shah's guilty. But she says these things under her breath and like nobody even understands how to take them. It's just, the show is nuts and I love it. It's just the best show on TV, honestly. If you're doing a top 10 list for the year, I hope uh, you're out there and you're included in the Real Houses of Salt Lake City because this is delivering on another level. This is just another level. Next time we get to see Jen talking to her mom, we hear that thing about Mary hiring a PI. Um, some Meredith versus Lisa and Mary versus Jenny. You guys, it's pure chaos and I love it. And they're just giving it to us and I feel grateful to them and these women just for, for all they do for us. And uh, this year for the holidays, I just want to thank them. Happy holidays. It's the holiday season and I'm grateful. So, uh, I love you all so much for listening. What a fun episode, you guys. I was just, the whole time I was watching that Salt Lake City episode, too, I was just cackling like uh, Heather and Terry Dubrow. <laughs> That's how I felt watching this episode. Um, we need to do our little cool down, though, because I feel like I'm on 100, or is that the right saying? I, I need to cool myself down. So before we do, you guys, thank you so much for listening to Everything Iconic this year, and we will be back there will be a, uh, another episode this week, and then there will be a week off next week, uh, and we'll be back in the new year. So don't uh, yell at me about 
taking the week off, but I'm moving and it's Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night, but also tune in later this week. And uh, oh, also, I just want to say to everyone out there, if you're spending the holidays alone, I hope that you know that I'm sending all my love your way and find some things that you like to binge on the TV, make yourself some good food and some good treats. You know, I've been inhaling every cookie I could find stress eating every holiday cookie I see in front of me. And I recommend you do the same. So let's all take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I also want to just take everyone uh, a, a moment to remind everyone, too, the holidays can be expensive, and it can turn you into a poor boy, too. I am a poor boy, too, but just keep remembering to pump a pum pum through it. Just pump a pum pum through it. Love you all for listening. Merry Christmas week. Bye bye. Show.